Good morning, brothers and sisters. It's Brother Joe. I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus, the Christ who died for our sins and arose. And so we're so grateful and excited about Christmas coming in the next couple days. We'll continue our march with an advanced Bible study today. We're going to be looking into the parable about you don't put new wine in old bottles. So if you have your Bibles today, turn to the book of Luke, chapter 5, and we'll start reading at verse 37. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst in the wineskins and be spilled, and the wineskin will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are preserved. And no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new, for they say the old is better. You see, the new wine is the new covenant. The new covenant is Jesus, the Christ, who came in this world to die for the sins of the world, for you and me, and then arise, put to death, death, so we could live in eternity with our Lord and Savior. The old wineskins is the old covenant. The covenant, the old Mosaic law. You see, with, with a new covenant, there had to be a change of the law. Well, what law? Not the Ten Commandments. Jesus says himself, I did not come to abolish the law, but to establish the law. Not one jot of the law will be abolished. Okay? But the Mosaic law was different. Okay? Which came from God. Alright? One of those is stone the adulterous women or men to death. You remember, the Pharisees want to test Jesus and they found a woman who was caught in the act of adultery. They're ready to stone her. And they said, Jesus, Mosaic law says to stone this woman to death. What do you say? And so he says to them, let the first person without sin throw the first stone. And one by one, they all leave. So he goes to the woman and he says, Is there anyone left to condemn you? She says, No. He says, I condemn you neither. But go and sin no more. Don't commit adultery again. You see, the Ten Commandments are written in stone, literally. They don't change. But we don't longer stone adulterous people, right? We no longer stone the disrespectful children. If we did, wouldn't be too many children left on this earth, right? The way the evil, the immorality, everything. This is why the Lord is coming to this earth to bring wrath on the earth and to save who? You and me, brothers and sisters, the Christians, the ones who believe in Jesus, Yeshua, that's how you say Jesus in Hebrew, 
If you are a believer in Jesus, a follower of Jesus, then you'll be saved. So let's look into some scripture about this passage. We'll look at the, the new covenant and what it consists of. We're turning to the book of Acts chapter 10 and verse 34. It reads, Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality, but in every nation... Whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. Every nation, brothers and sisters. He came for the Jews first and then the Gentiles. We'll all have the opportunity to receive Jesus in our hearts and be saved. Amen? Amen. Amen. And reading verse 43. To him all the prophets witness that through his name, Whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard the word. And those of the circumcised who believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues of magnifying God. Then Peter answered, Can anybody forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Who's that, brothers and sisters? That's Jesus. That's Yeshua. That's who you're baptized in. We are saved in the name of Jesus. We pray in the name of Jesus and we are baptized in the name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so the first covenant is the baptism into Jesus, into Christ. The remission of sins, the washing away of sins. And the filling up of the Holy Spirit to those who accept that Son of God being the Christ our Savior. Amen? Amen. Amen. Right. So now what happens is we turn to Acts chapter 15 in the first verse it reads and a certain man came down from Judea and taught the brethren unless you are circumcised according to the customs of Moses you cannot be saved. And but some of the sects of the Pharisees who believed rose up saying, It is necessary to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. Right? You see, they wanted to put together both covenants. They wanted to put the new wine in the old gods, the old wineskins. You can't do that. They don't mesh, right? But they wanted to do that. And so Peter and James and Paul and all the, the leaders of the church got together and discussed it. And after Peter had spoke and Paul had spoke, then James spoke, 
And it was decided to send a letter with Paul to go to the church of Antioch, the first Christian church of the, of the Gentiles, and tell them, you don't have to get circumcised, okay? That's the old covenant, you see. And now we're going to turn to the book of Galatians, chapter 6, read verse 12. As many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circumcised, only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. God wants you to circumcise your heart. God will circumcise your heart and take out that stony heart of yours and make a pure, loving heart and renew your mind completely and fill you in with the Holy Spirit when you have decided to follow Jesus, to serve Him, obey Him, and make Him your master. That's what happens. And that's what He wants. That's what He desires. Even in... In Deuteronomy, in the old text, Moses tells them in, in the chapter 10, Therefore circumcise the foreskin of your heart, and be stiff-necked no longer. Right? That's what God wants. But here they're worried about being Persecuted when brothers and sisters, when you become a Christian, right? If you've been a Christian for a certain amount of time, you're gonna know that some people are just not gonna like you because of that. And when I went to Israel, I was blessed to be able to go there a couple times. That's one of the first things I realized is people there that are believers in Yeshua are being persecuted. They're being persecuted from all angles, right? They got the Muslims that don't like them. They got the Orthodox Jews living by the old law. Not completely, not perfectly, that's for sure. But they too, they're persecuting them. They need to be proud for Jesus and not worry about being persecuted, right? You know, one of the things I discovered over there was that the churches there that believe in Jesus, they, they have their worship on Saturday. The same as the Orthodox Jews on Saturday, right? That was what? The Old Covenant, right? The Sabbath was on Saturday. The rest of the world, brothers and sisters, who are Christians, worship on Sunday. The reason? That's the day Jesus arose from the grave and went to heaven to be with the Lord, our Savior. So we too can arise. Amen? Amen. 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 So now we turn to Book of Acts, chapter 11, and we find 
In verse 26, and the disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. Remember I told you that that was the first Gentile church. And that's the first time they're called Christians, the disciples. Now remember the Great Commission. In Matthew 28, Jesus tells the disciples to go in all nations and make disciples of them. You and I are disciples of Christ if you're saved today, right? What should you be called? Christian. But in Israel, no. No, they're called Messianic Church of God. I recently, this week, I discovered online that there actually is a Christian church, right, of Jews. They don't go by Messianic, they go by Christian. I was thrilled. I was excited. I know God himself is good about that. He's happy about that. He is not happy that they're not worshiping on Sunday. And he's not happy that they go by Messianic instead of Christian. Right? You need to be proud and bold for the name of Jesus, the Christ who died for your sins and mine. Right? Messianic means the Messiah to come. Right? The deliverer of the Jews. Right? To, to, to have his kingdom. And he is going to be here for the kingdom of heaven. Yes. And his chosen Jews will be with him. That 144,000. Mm. But he wants you to be proud of Christ. The, the one who died for your sins. Who came and died for your sins. And if you get persecuted and you're in Israel because you call yourself a Christian, so be it. Jesus says, they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. Amen. And you will be blessed on top of blessings. And anyone who persecutes you, anywhere in the world for being a Christian, be of good cheer. You have blessings on top of blessings in heaven. The word of God says that, and it's the truth, and it does not lie. And he also says anybody that wrongs his Christians, his children, better for a millstone to be tied around their neck and thrown into the sea. Trust me. God's wrath will be upon them. The Lord says in the Sermon on the Mount, in chapter 5 of Matthew, blessed are the ones who mourn, for they will be comforted. That means those are people who are His people, Christians, that people have wronged them. But they don't take vengeance on them. They let God do that. And God does it. He will do it. So be comforted. So brothers and sisters, Remember to pray up and read up every day. Keep your mind on the Lord and all will be well with you.